Welcome to UberCube, the podcast where we discuss all things Cube, but with refreshments. This is your host, Anthony Adams, a.k.a. UberBear, and I'm joined by my other host, Stu. Welcome to a very exciting episode of the UberCube podcast, because we are recording this at our 10,000 download anniversary. First of all, congratulations, Anthony. Very uh, momentous occasion for us. And we're here in my backyard, and we've taken the opportunity to have a huge event here with our podcast people and a bunch of people here at uh, at the Ubercoo podcast, and we're doing some drafting. Anthony, tell us about what we're drafting today. Well, before the do- I do that, I want to tell everybody we're in Stu's backyard, and Stu has made a best friend of a carpenter bee who has been following him throughout the entire episode, just trying to land on his face again. It's a honeybee. Okay, I don't know if it's a carpenter bee or a honeybee, but I'm going with honeybee. And yeah, it's my friend now, so uh, it's going with me everywhere. So Buzz has been following Stu around for the entire episode. So we're going to do the thing that we always do, and we're going to do little short clips here is what's going to happen, and we're going to kind of talk about the festivities as they progress. So we're going to start out talking about this uh, one really interesting cube there's did a minute ago, and we're going to call it the Analysis of Paralysis, or by Paralysis Cube, and it's done by our good friend Bill. But before we do that, we're going to do the thing that we always do here at Ubercube, and we're going to enjoy our libations of the show. Stu, what are you having? I'm uh, going with a, a bit of a summer drink today. I've got me a twisted tea. It's a hard iced tea. It's good. Good for the summer. And I'm having a Lagunitas uh, IPA, just standard here. We're going to crack them and get to the topic. Here we go. All right. So let's get our good friend Bill, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his cube and what he's trying to do within the dynamics of this environment. Yeah. Thanks, Anthony. So... I want to go over a little bit of some of the decisions that I made while I was making my cube. I listen to the Lords of Limited podcast quite a bit. And one of the things they talk about a lot is the pockets of synergy, right? Where they have like little bits of uh, little synergies going on that don't entirely make up an entire deck. But getting those pockets of synergy going, drafting those, it makes you feel good. Uh, so, for example, there's a, there's like a sneak attack going on, but the creatures aren't quite good enough to make sneak attack just win the game. But sneaking attack, like an Inferno Titan, that's pretty fun. You know, there's Smokestack, if, if, you want, if you're a fan of that. But there's not enough cards to make an entire deck all based around that. So you have to get creative. You have to get the pockets of synergy going and finding good pockets of synergy between the different ones. And finding out what those are finding out what other cards you can put in with what you've got already, that can be a little daunting while you're drafting. And that's why someone said, hey, I'm, I'm going through a paralysis of analysis right now. And so, yeah, I was like, hey, that sounds like a good idea. Analysis paralysis. And so that's, uh, that's where we got the idea uh, for the name for the cube, finally. Yeah, so a quick synopsis. I uh, I got my rear kicked in this particular cube environment. But one of the things that I was trying to achieve as my goal is I saw a reanimator package. But what was interesting, it was more of a Gifts Ungiven, Archon of Cruelty, Grizzlebrand. Yes, check, check. But my key pieces were Zombify, and I was using Curring Nightmare to try to bring back my threat. So it didn't work to the fullest that I could have, and it was super fragile. But man... It was amazingly fun. But we want to talk to, during this little clip, we want to talk to the person who took it away. They 3-0'd. And we're going to bring our good friend Nathan on, who's been on a previous show. Nathan, would you mind telling us about what you designed in this particular interesting analysis through paralysis cube environment designed by our good friend Bill? 
Yeah. So I, um, I basically built uh, Celestia Agro. Uh, it was really fun to do. I ended up putting a couple of non-normal Celestian <laughs> uh, pieces in there, a lot of exile effects. So I had answers for almost anything that my opponent had, and I just kept playing low to the ground. Key piece was uh, Eska's Chariot. Very powerful card. The other one, I unfortunately cannot remember the name of it, but it was a uh, um, conspiracy card that allowed me to pick a card at the beginning of the game that was not in my deck, and I picked Forest Hermit, which allowed me to... It allowed. It was a, it was a spell that was three colors, one green for this creature that was a 2-4. Its ability was X and tap to uh, make a copy of that creature. So that was the Deep Forest Hermit. And so I made one of those, and that was plenty to win me the game because it got me five creatures in one turn. <laughs> Yeah, so Nathan took away top prize, and through each one of these, and we're going to do miniature clips, uh, Ubercube's handing out prizes, just to incentivize. It's just we're being jovial here. We're celebrating our 10K, as we said. We're doing this outdoors, so please excuse our dust as we actually record these episodes. And Nathan, he un- he unlocked a pack of... Tell them what you won from your pack, please. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I ended up getting an Exploration, which is an incredibly powerful card from uh, Dominator, Dominator Remastered and a Nature's Lore in there, too. So a very great pack that I will definitely uh, use in either my own cubes <laughs> or my EDH decks. I know we don't t- say that word very often, but uh, but yeah, so I was very excited. Thank you very much, Anthony. All right, so this pretty much concludes the clip of the, we're going to call it the Analysis Through Paralysis cube designed by Bill. Bill, do you have any final thoughts on your cube that you want to share for the audience before we move over to our next draft? Uh, yeah, cube's fun. Uh, think about what types of decisions that your drafters are making uh, later on? Because a lot of people like to focus on like, the first couple picks. And, like, what's what's exciting? What 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 blings out to the person on pick one? But like, what's equally important is like pet picks five through nine, because that's when you really sit down and you have to decide what exactly you're going to do. Yeah, and like I said, we're recording outdoors, so please excuse our dust as we get some ambient noise in the background. But we're going to move over to our next draft. Please enjoy. We'll get back to you with our next cube and give you some update. And I will share within the show notes a copy of this beautiful cube that's been designed by our good friend Bill. And other than that, uh, happy cubing. Moving on to the next segment. All right, cubers. We're moving over to our second cube. It's Uber Bears Artifact Cube. And we have with us Dr. Jason Brinkley who's our uh, statistician, our PhD. We've talked to him before recently on our uh, math episode. And right now he has done something really cool as we've been moving through his games. Not only is he keeping the metrics and the stats of win cons, but he has a little bit further insight as he's moved through the progression of Uber Bear's Artifact Cube that he'd like to share with the audience. Uh, Jason, carry on. All right. So we really wanted to get a sense of what was going on with all of these cubes. So we designed some opportunity for data collection, which is kind of my thing. So we broke it up into three blocks. The first block is player profile. So we asked each player 10 questions. I think uh, Anthony and I will talk a little bit more about this later on. Uh, But we asked certain things like what their favorite MTG color is, what your least favorite color is. Uh, How much cube experience do you have? Uh, You know, what's your favorite magic archetype? Things of that sort. What you're trying to do is get a player profile because sometimes when you want to evaluate a cube, you may want to know the type of players who have been playing it, right? So if blue, for example, is your least favorite color, then, you know, a a cube such as Anthony's Artifact Cube that we're playing right this second has such a strong blue presence. If you naturally move away from that, then that impacts your evaluation of the cube itself. 
So that was the first piece of information that we gathered. The second is the typical match per match profile, where you have uh, each round, who played who, the records, the win losses. And in this case, we added to our little uh, data collection sheet what colors everybody was playing. What we want to be able to do later on is sort of track the favorite colors, least favorite colors to what people actually played. How often did you go towards your go-to things, right? And then since we're playing multiple cubes today, we've got a, a third data collection where we've got each cube that we're playing and the total wins for each player across each cube. So we can see kind of what the play experiences were and who did well where. You know, if a player is doing well across all cubes, that's a piece of information. If there's uh, somebody that's doing well with some cubes and poor with other cubes, that could be a useful piece of information as well. So I'm going to turn it back to Anthony now. So one of the things that we've been trying to do during this episode is track multiple cubes in multiple environments to see what the outcomes would be, as Dr. Brinkley just recently talked about and alluded to. He's keeping metrics and stats that we'll talk about on a further episode. But what right now we have one of our good friends of the show, uh, Chris Moore, who was previously featured in both our Peasant Cube, our Mono White Cube, and our Popper Cube that's going to talk about his experiences. Chris Moore, one of our people who just actually drafted Uber Bear's Artifact Cube, and he's going to talk about some of the cards that he featured in his environment as we go into game three in this subset. Yeah, so I decided to build a, uh, actually we started with a gut, uh, the true soul zealot, kind of like an uh, artifact sacrifice. I drafted things like Chrome Host Seed Shark, uh, Galzeth Prismari, Psymest Doctors, and Arcbound Ravager, kind of as a way to hopefully outvalue my opponent and also put a bunch of red spell, red and blue spells like counter spells and some, uh, some instant sorceries like Lightning Bolt and stuff like that. Unfortunately, it didn't work so good against the the uh, Golem Horde by by someone who was who was playing uh, with us. So, uh, but I did go one and one so far, waiting for the third round. So, we'll see what happens. All right, and then we've got one more player that's going to do a little bit of feature about. He, so far, he's essentially two owed for in subsets, and we're going to talk about the build that he's done. Uh, it's our good friend Nathan Black. Uh, yeah, I did. I built Naya this time around for artifacts and. Uh, Ended up somebody passed me an Essex Chariot again, and that it worked so well for me. The first that last cube, I was like, "Hey, why not try it again?" And I'm four and four and two at this point, so I'm uh, it's it's working pretty well for me. I played another ridiculous card. I can't remember what that name of that card Essex was. The Chariot? no, not Essex Chariot. There's another one that's great. Uh, that was the let me get three three beasts for each artifact my opponent controlled, and that gave me five three threes, which became four fours. Yeah, very very strong games. All right, we're going to continue uh, playing along as we go here, and we will continue recording as we move through Uber Bear's Artifact Cube, and we're going to do some other subsets for the Uber Cube 10K Party. Thank you for listening. We've got another one of our players that we talked about previously with uh, Bill's Cube, Analysis Through Paralysis, that we're going to talk about his experience with Uber Bear's Artifact Cube. Yeah, the Artifact Cube was, a little, was way fun. Drafted a pretty interesting Naya deck. I tried to do Birthing Pod and Oswald Field of Bender. Didn't work out exactly as I hoped because I never drew either of those things, but I drew a lot, drew lots of go golem-making creatures, made lots of golems, smashed a lot of faces, destroyed a lot of artifacts. It was a good time. Saw a lot of good uh, opposing strategies, and I felt like mine was pretty strong. Died to Embercleave twice, but, you know, that's just what Embercleave does. So I'm pretty satisfied with how it went. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, man. And, and uh, we look forward to cubing with you again. And, uh, yeah, next cubers. 
wanted to sit down and do some overall cube evaluation across all the games we were going to play. So I came in to collect some data. So we're going to break the data collection up into three buckets. So the first one was player profiles. We have nine players for today. Each of us have different play styles. We have different preferences. We took a little bit of a listing of those sort of things. Number of years of experience, favorite MTG color, least favorite MTG color, things like that. So that we can track maybe the evaluation of the cubes tied to the types of players who are playing in that environment. The second form that we put together to collect some data was uh, match-by-match records. That is, who plays who, what the win-loss records are for each round, each match, across each cube. Beyond that, we also asked the players to list what the colors of the decks that they drafted were, so that then we could go back to see who played which colors in which cubes. We can link it to their player preferences, see if people were more likely to play the colors that they knew, uh, more likely to play colored, less likely to play colors that they uh, don't normally play, things of that sort. Uh, Finally, we have uh, um, another form that sort of collects information across all the cubes. So since we're playing multiple cubes today, what we thought we'd do is we would keep each of these records across the different cubes and then maybe tie the preferences, the feedback, who liked what, back to their win-loss record. Uh, Usually you tend to like cubes that you're doing well with. So we tried to take the sort of a multi-tiered approach evaluating all this. So, you know, one of the things that we found with the artifact cube uh, as a prime example is that uh, blue is a, is a pretty big staple within the artifact cube. Uh, you know, if you are one of our players that, like myself, it doesn't find blue to be the favored preferred color, then I would typically shy away from drafting blue. But when you do that with a cube like the artifact cube, you have a, a noticeable gap because there is such a heavy set of archetypes around blue within that cube. So, you know, when we sort of collect those multiple dimensions of data on these different individuals uh, and how they're playing and what decisions they're making, then it can sort of help put focus on maybe why they get certain feedback when players are like, well, I really like this card instead of this card or something like that. You can sort of backtrack and it's like, well, what kind of player is giving me that feedback? And so that's what we the approach we took when we were putting all of this information together. So as we approach this, we're going to take these analytics, which are they are subject to bias and they are subject to, well, subjectivity in its very nature, right? As Jason said, that players' profiles, they'll play to in respect to what colors they feel most comfortable in their own skin in. And what we're finding is cube environments are not estranged from this idea. If you're comfortable in a certain aspect of cube, say, for example, in David's mono white cube that we talked about recently, You know, certain players very much enjoy the aggro lane, but control players may find themselves disarmed by that type of environment. Or using another example, myself, I'm not so strong in the graveyard synergy aspect of games. When I play Chris Moore, a.k.a. Sandwich's Graveyard Synergy Cube, I find myself trying to play the top level or stay above ground, if you will, in that environment. And it disarms me as a player. So what we're watching as we spin the wheel for our next cube environment to see how not only the players are impacted by what we believed with a very biased subject matter of their comfort zone, but we're also applying it not just to a vacuum, but we're wanting to see how the players go outside of their zones and try a new environment outside of their skin and see if they can adapt and overcome. So more to come, but this has been really fun. Miniature social experiment at its best, and we're going to keep tracking the stats of these different games. And we're also enjoying our 10K party here at Ubercube, 
And this is just a way of celebrating it. And, and currently our winner is our good friend Nathan as we proceed forward, who's so far the trophy champion. And we'll see what comes on our next round of Chris's, a.k.a. Sandwich's Power Cube. More to come, or more statistics, more information to come soon. Uber Bear out. All right, now we're over to round three of our 10K tournament. And I just want to say that I built a Boros deck with uttermost confidence, where at round one, I came out screaming, turning sideways with Ragavan, thinking that I had a dominant deck, until I actually faced a bribery deck that totally, 100%, dismantled my Elish Norn concept, that I was essentially mimicking the concepts that I've seen that J-Bro had built in previous episodes, where I was topping out with the big heavy 7-drop. Unbeknownst to me, there was a bribery in the other player's deck that was used to completely dismantle my deck. On top of that, the player that I played that was Simic, uh, Jason, Dr. Brinkley, he also followed up with an opposition to further put salt in my eye, and I was unable to recover going forward. But it was a blast. It was a learning experience. I tried to turn creatures sideways in a powered vintage environment, a.k.a. Sandwiches Cube, and realized pretty quickly that I had some serious flaws in my strategy. I'm moving over to some other players so that they can talk about their experiences and what they had. Otherwise, I pretty much won to the match. Up next is Dr. Jason Brinkley. He wants to talk about his particular build. Oh, thanks, Anthony. Yeah, I drafted the bribery and I drafted the opposition. That wasn't really what I was going for to start with, but it was just working so well. The thing I think that made it really pop off was the survival of the fittest. Uh, when I got that and then I was able to trade my cheap green creatures for other things that were helping me to ramp up for... Uh, getting that bribery out, getting that opposition out, and creating some synergy with the things that I stole from uh, all of my uh, opponent's decks. Up next, we have our regional dragonologist, Dr. Wilsey, who wants to talk about his build and his experiences in Sandwich's 450 powered vintage environment. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, I was able to draft my favorite format in this cube, which is Mono Black Reanimator. Well, I say Mono Black, it grabs whatever giant bomb type creatures it can stick in the graveyard. However, this night I did not do well at all with that. The plan didn't work out. Mostly I was able to draw lands and not reanimate anything. In fact, the one time I was able to get a creature in my bin, I believe you attacked me with Ragavan, got an animate dead, and destroyed me with my own mere battlesphere. It was fantastic. All right, next up we have Samich. who wants to talk about his experience in the powered vintage environment and for tonight's festivities. Thanks, Anthony. So tonight I built the... He uh, built a basically a Jeskai deck again. I uh, really, really, really like Jeskai in this. I had the Kiki Twin combo in it. Uh, that's how I beat uh, Stu with that. You know, just Stu. That, that's how I beat him with that. And uh, didn't get that pulled off against Christian, but I did squeak out a 2-1 victory over his very good deck. He had a very good Demir deck. Uh, he'll tell you all about it in a minute. But uh, yeah, I also I was splashed a couple of cards. I had Omnath, four-color Omnath, and also Lingering Souls in my Jeskai deck. And uh, those Triomes really help out, by the way. Uh, love them. They're really great for the cube. Yeah, I would agree. The Triomes felt very natural in that home and the environment. I know I wasn't a firm believer in the Triomes in the beginning, but I have to say, after watching them shine in this environment, I am, I am sold. Uh, next up, we have Christian, who is a uh, a good friend of ours on the show that's going to be talking about his experience in the in the 450 uh, vintage environment. 
Yeah, I built the mirror control deck with trying basically to make it where everybody that I was playing against did not have a lot of fun, had a lot of hand stripping, counter spells. I got the new shieldred in there and made some mistakes in my game three against uh, Samich. Ended up losing me the game, but it was overall a very fun deck. Very happy with the control aspect of it. I love playing control in the power cube. Next up, we have Nathan Black, a good friend of ours on the show that's also enjoyed this evening's festivities. He's going to talk about his experience in the 450 vintage environment and our grand finale. Well, uh, this one uh, didn't do quite as good, but I felt uh, it was a really fun deck. It was a Rakdos uh, reanimator sneak attack deck, and when it worked, it could get out a Blightsteel Colossus and the new attracts at the same time and attack for a lot and death. Uh, when it didn't work, um, somebody briberied my Blightsteel Colossus to attack me, and I died in one turn. So, yeah, for some reason, my deck couldn't do well against my deck. Yes, we're huge fans of the card bribery here at Ubercube. As you can see, it dismantled so many strategies at the table. Next up, we have our good friend Greg, who was on a previous show, a.k.a. Plowed Under, that wants to talk about his experiences in the environment. Yeah, today I played Mono Red. I opened a Monastery Swift Spare, and the rest of the pack was kind of overwhelming, so I decided to try to force that strategy. Ended up with a really good deck, Sulfuric Vortex, lots of burn spells. Hellrider, who Anthony was talking crap on in an early episode, uh, did a lot of work today in my deck. And uh, yeah, everything went pretty well, other than the first round against Christian, where he managed to, to play True Name Nemesis twice against me, which pretty much shut down my entire deck. But other than that, a lot of fun, and the deck ran well. Well, Ubercube listeners, today I did something that I don't do very often in a cube environment, and I drafted a very, very heavy green deck bit of a blue splash bit of a black, black splash i don't want to call it soul tie because it was just very heavy on the green side and i tried to kind of go with what i felt to be the most fair unfair on the green side so i had green sun zenith i had natural order i had fauna shaman i had crater hoof behemoth i had grist so obviously i was trying to like go towards some of those combo finishes with a few creatures and then like natural order for a crater hoof behemoth maybe a, and i had some like mid-range kind of pieces with things like yeah so i and i had some of the mid-range pieces like oracle of moldaya and corsa of crufix for a bit of stabilization and i can remember drafting those kinds of decks a few years ago and they would just be able to stabilize long enough to be able to combo out they just for me that just didn't have it and i don't want to judge an archetype based on a single draft but I will say that I, I played that deck a few times. It didn't even come close. The combo decks just absolutely tore me apart. The aggro decks were just way too fast for me. And before this, our good friend Jason did like some stats gathering. He talked to each of the players about the kind of colors that they like, dislike, what kind of archetypes they like and dislike. Colors, I was like, I don't like green. It's my least favorite color. Maybe don't want to say that I dislike, but I like it. I like it the least. And today kind of validated that for me it was just so underwhelming compared to decks that i previously previously drafted with green but it was a great experience loved all the decks that we saw and we had a bunch of cubes out today cannot thank enough all the people that showed up today to hang out and draft for our 10k celebration and uh it was a riot anthony yeah so we had as to, to kind of recap we've played the monopoly cube today we have played the Artifact Cube today. We played the 
analysis for paralysis. the analysis for paralysis cube, and we played the powered vintage cube made by our good friend Sandwich Four Fifty. And we've went through and we've done prize support, etc. And it's just been a wonderful time for the team. Well, UberCube's 10K celebration is a wrap. This was a great time. I uh, had a wonderful time with friends. And we want to really especially thank the community for supporting us over this past year. And we're looking forward to 10K plus next year as we provide you new episodes, uh, more content, and just keep keep promoting this thing that we love so much, the cube and the community that surrounds it. Uh, Uber Bears Artifact Cube and Uber Bears Horror Cube, as well as Sandwich's Peasant Cube, in addition to May's Fay Cube, have all been submitted to possibly be considered for featured cubes at the upcoming CubeCon 2023 in Madison, Wisconsin, October the 19th to the 22nd. Uh, Team UberCube will be there, and we're looking forward to seeing you and getting a chance to game with you. So reach out to us. Other than that, if you love the show, we would truly appreciate a five-star review on your favorite player. UberCube is an affiliate with Alter Sleeves, and if you use our code, which will be included in the show notes, you'll receive 5% off of your purchase. I absolutely love Alter Sleeves. I recently put out a tweet showing the ones that I have in my powered vintage environment. And also our good friend Samich has a plethora of them as well. If you want to support the show, please use our Inked Gaming affiliate link where you can buy all your playmats, dice bags, mouse pads, etc. And that's also a great way to support the show that we can continue producing the content that you all love. Uh, You can find us at Twitter at UberCubeMTGPod. You can reach us at UberCubeMTGPodcast at gmail.com. You can link us on Discord, hashtag UberCube. And if you join that group, we're just having great discussions, talking about Cube, talking about hard selection. When new things come out, we chat about it. It's just a great, great community that we've built in there. Um, also, if you want to support the show, please consider using our Patreon forward slash UberCube landing site. Check that out. And other than that, we want to say thank you for the community for supporting us over this past year. It's been wonderful. And this was a great celebration of all things Cube. And now we're going to say the thing that we always say here at UberCube is Happy Cubing!